Welcome, welcome, welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. We're excited that you guys are here with us again for another dynamic word from God. Uh, before we get started, I do want to say I will welcome you to hang out with us on this coming Sunday, March the 20th for our 21st anniversary. Yes, we are grown. <laughs> Amen. And we will be excited about you being here with us. Uh, we will have the distinguished uh, Bishop J.C. Hash, my pastor, preaching the word of God. Amen. Letting us know what God is saying uh, from his perspective. You know, the Bible says that a wise man's eyes is in his head. Now, that sounds a little, a little kind of strange. However, it's just basically saying you can see further when somebody else over you is your eyes. Amen. Sometimes we have insight, but our leaders have oversight. So we will ex be excited about him preaching the word of God. And I will sit down and feed. Amen. Praise God. Also, those of you that have been asking about when we will go back in person, we will be going back in person, in person learning at church um, at 214 Royal Oak Street, Thomasville, North Carolina, on April the 17th, Easter Sunday morning. Praise God at 9.15. So, you know, you be there because we are going to have us a great time. We are going to have a party in the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Well, without any further ado, let's get ready to get right on into the word. Uh, I got some things I really want to share with you today. And I'm just, I, I guess I'm going to talk to you uh, the best I know how. Let, let the Lord do what he want to do the way he want to do it. So um, I want to share something. What You know, as I was pondering this in all the years that uh, I've been saved, there's one thing that we all have in common. We have a feeling sometimes of inadequacy. And the reason why is because one thing you will always know is that when God calls you to do something, it's going to be much bigger than you. It's going to be much larger than you. It's going to be more dynamic than you. And so it will begin to spawn a feeling of inadequacy because we know within ourselves it's impossible for us to do it. And, you know, it's not just doing the task of God, but it is living the life that God has created for us to live as believers. If you're going to be the light, if you're going to be the salt, if you're going to have influence, if you're going to do any of these things, you will, from time to time, have a feeling of inadequacy because you realize, you sense on the inside, it is much greater than I. Amen. So this is something that will help many people. And I hope you really listen with your inner ear. Listen with the ears of faith, because I believe that it's going to help you. One way to get past this feeling of being inadequate, uh, get past this feeling, because we ask ourselves many, many times, you know, we say, hey, I would do great things for God. If I just had more money, I would do great things for God. If I just had more boldness, 
I would do great things for God if I had more time, if I had more energy, if I had more this and more that. I would love to help more people. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes you just feel like that when you see someone who is struggling or deprived or someone who really has a legitimate need. You feel like on the inside, I just really wish it was within my power to be able to eliminate the, the, the problems that, that certain people have. Well, let me just say this. The mistake that we make in doing so is we constantly focus on what it is that we don't have, and we never look at what we do have. One of the reasons for that is because we live the life with what we do have for so long that we have become so familiar with it that it does not give any feeling of being adequate, any feeling of being enough, any feeling of, you know, supernaturally infused, you know. So we basically say within ourselves, this is just something that's beyond me and I can't do it. Well, I tell you what happens many times we simply prove uh, or we are simply proven by God with the little slash much principle. You know, the Bible talks about operating in what you do have, operating in the little so God can do a lot and help you do a lot with the much, but our focus tends to be on looking at what we have and we say, there's no way, there's no way in the world I can prevent misfortune in the lives of other people. There's no way I can be a game changer. There's no way I can be a world changer. There's no way I can be a family changer. There's no way I can be a, a, a career changer with what I'm working with. And that tends to be the issue. So what I want to talk to you about this morning is when you feel that way, you somehow seem to fail the test that is before you. So my question to you is this morning, well, not this morning, this afternoon, is what is it, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hands? See, many times we don't see it as being enough. But I have to keep emphasizing this over and over and over. It's because you are looking at it in its current state. You are looking at it, the provisions. You are looking at your resources. You are looking at your supplies. You are looking at your ability in its current state. And I can tell you right now. Looking at it like that, it is not enough. And we are convinced it is not enough. So <laughs> we, we tend to back away from doing what it is that God called us to do. Let's go and take a look at uh, a gentleman who also felt this same way. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4, and we know that in Exodus, primarily, we are going to be talking about Moses, whom God said was one of the most humble men 
on this earth. And Moses was given a large task. And the task that he was given was a task that was beyond him. He was given the authority and the ability to deliver over a million Israelites. And when he began to look at his resume, when he began to look at his life, he said within himself, as we do, there's no way, no way possible I can do this. So Exodus chapter four, let's look at verse one and let's begin to read this and just see what God is saying about this. It says, <clears throat> and Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. And this is where God was saying, Moses, go down to Pharaoh, go down to Egypt and tell them, I am that I am have sent you. Let my people go. And Moses' response was, looking at my resume, they won't believe me. Looking at who I am, they won't believe me. And he went on to say, nor will they hearken unto my voice, for they will say, the Lord have not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, what is that? in thine hand and he said a rod now did you get that god asked him what do you have in your hand and moses said a rod now in moses debate with god as we sometimes do we reason with god and say you know what god you're telling me to run this church. You're telling me to run this department. You're telling me to change the outlook on my job with the people that you've placed me around. You're telling me to change uh, the dynamics of my family. You're telling me, and they're going to say, you didn't hear from God. <laughs> you, you, you didn't hear uh, uh, a dynamic word from God. And God said, look, Moses, what is it that you have in your hands? And Moses said, arise. Now, when the Lord asked that question, the only thing that Moses had in his hand, and we understand this because Moses was a shepherd, uh, he had a shepherd's rod. It wasn't anything except just a piece of wood it was an inanimate object. Moses, it was a tool of Moses' trade. Being a shepherd, he carried this thing for 40 years. He never saw anything spectacular out of it. Maybe that you're doing something in your life and something has been with you for a long time and you never saw any. Uh, spectacular results out of it. Maybe you never saw anything that was so special out of it. You've become familiar with it. It's just something that you use all the time. Well, I'm here to tell you, God wants to take what you are familiar with and cause it to become unfamiliar. You listen. Now listen. This is something that Moses would tend the sheep with. You remember he was on the backside of the mountain with uh, uh, tending the sheep 
of Jethro. And uh, the Bible says that God called him and spoke out of a burning bush. Now, what I want you to see out of this, God is wanting to use, maybe you have a gifting. Maybe you have a, a talent. Maybe you have a, a career, a job, if you will. Maybe you're an entrepreneur and you are doing something that has never really hit the big times. But you know that you are gifted because what you are doing, you possess an unfair competitive advantage. It's something that is, comes easy to you and other people struggle with it. I look at uh, I look at my wife sometimes, and uh, she has a tremendous gift in her hands, and I see her do a lot of things, and for her, it's just it's so easy. And then other people may struggle with that. Maybe you are someone that orates. Maybe you have that gift of gab. That you 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 can sell ice uh, ice cubes to an Eskimo. <laughs> Maybe you can cook. I see uh, different people. Most of the things that you can do like that, a lot of times, the stuff that people like, uh, and even you like it. Uh, we have a gentleman uh, at our church, and I can name a lot of different people, and he's just good with. Uh, when it comes down to landscaping and things like that, he just like doing it. He's good at it. Are you listening? So maybe it's something that you're good at that you have overlooked. I have seen things in people's lives. Um, and I go to them and tell them that God has placed an anointing on you. And they go back and they lean to their own understanding and they never bring the, the uh, that gift to fruition, but it's their unfair competitive advantage, something very easy to them. Now, what you have without the anointing on it is just a plain, simple gift. It's like the woman who had enough oil in order to make her a cake, and she said her and her son would die afterwards. Are you listening? Uh, Moses had that rod for 40 years. Jesus told the disciples, he said, let down your nets and prepare for a drought. Well, you know, they were washing their nets. They had those nets with them all the time. Do you follow what I'm saying? They were so familiar with it. It was right under their nose. And the Bible says, when they appeared to obey Jesus, that they took in so many fish that it almost sunk the ship. But it, once again, the oil, the rod, the nets were an inanimate object, something that they were so familiar with, something they were too familiar with. Now, I want you to be asking yourself along the way, what is it that untapped dream and desire that's on the inside of you that you have overlooked that it was without the anointing? So therefore, without seeing anything spectacular, you didn't understand 
that it could be something that will bring in supernatural provisions for your life. Are you listening? So he said, Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? And Moses' response was what? A rod. <laughs> not, not a rod. A rod. Are you listening? Now, I'm going to show you something here, and it just kind of struck me as the Lord began to speak. When Moses, the Bible talks about him going through the progressions, the Lord said, put it on the ground, it turned into a snake. He said, now grab it by the tail, it turned back into the rod. The Lord told him, take your hand, put it in your bosom. He brought it back out. It was white, leprous, like snow. He said, put it back in. It came back. It was healed again. Now, here Moses was believing God that what I have, what belongs to me, what is mine, was just something simple and basic. But when I went through the progressions by surrendering it to you, it became supernatural. I'm telling you right now, there is something you have. You know, it's amazing. I don't know why people don't do this, but I hope it sparks something in you. There might be something lying around your house that can make you rich. But because you are not a treasure seeker, meaning what is it that I own? What is it I possess? I can tell you this. I, at one time, I purchased a, a piece of the equipment. And uh, the, per, the, the people, the manufacturer, went out of business. And when they did, the price of it skyrocketed. And it's worth now probably five, six times more now than it was when it was brand new. And I'm talking about as a used item. There's another thing that I saw at one time. You know, uh, I know my grandkids, they, they play video games. And at one time, I remember purchasing a video game for $30. And I, I never opened it. And because I just thought this might become something one day. The last time I saw it, it was worth 400 There is something you have. It might be an old coin that you never went back and looked at. It may be a book that you may not have read. It may be an item that has gone out of style or out of business. If you never go back and look, you don't give God an opportunity in order to take something you possess already and turn your life around. Do you follow what I'm saying? Many times you may own something that could turn your life around. I, I, I like trucks. And 
my wife and I, this was a few years ago, was looking and happened to see a truck. And I had just sold a truck, but we happened to see a truck. And it looked like a very nice truck. And it was like a 66 Chevy. But the guy that had it, he had a lot of automobiles and, and he had a lot of uh, automobiles that was worth a lot of stuff. And he was just getting ready to just sell all of them that he had because the one that he wanted to hold on to was one that could bring him an enormous amount of money. So he had that truck for um, little or nothing. And I happened to call him one day. This was during uh, the beginning of the pandemic or right before the pandemic. And I happened to call and asked him if he still had it. And he said, he said he did have it. And he said that uh, I'm not going to uh, give people an opportunity uh, to come and get it if you want it. Just come and get it. I went and got the truck. And it was only about a few months later, I turned right around and sold the truck at a bargain at three times the amount that I paid for it. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to stir up in your heart that God wants to use something that you already possess to change your life. Ask someone, what is it that you have in your hand? Incidentally, we're talking about using what is in your hand. You know, I heard this, uh, and a lot of times people don't want to do that. I heard this, this, this uh, it had a little humor in it. It says people are, always want to give you what they don't have, but they don't want to give you what they do have. So a guy was asking another guy, he said, hey, man, let me ask you a question. If you got a million dollars, would you give me half of it? And they were walking down the street. And the guy said, sure, I'll give you half of it. You know, man, you don't mean you are tight. They walked a little further. He said, if you had two 747s, would you give me one of them? He said, look, dude, I don't even know why you even asked me that question. Of course I give it to you. So as they walked a little further, the guy looked at him and he said, I got one more question I'm going to ask you. He said, all right, fire away. He said, if you had two hogs, would you give me one of them? The dude said, look, you, you need to stop playing. You know good and well I got two hogs. Don't be playing. Now, you're willing to give half a million dollars. You're willing to give two seven forty seven, But, you know, you had something in your hand that was lesser than them both, and you didn't want to give that. And that's how people are. People will always tell you what they are do if they had it without doing it with what they have. <laughs> now, let me finish this. Now, what is it you have in your hand, Moses? He said, I have a rod, an inanimate object I've had for 40 years, and there is nothing special about it. Now, I want you to look that after he really began to use it and do the miraculous and saw it turn into a snake and back to a rod, look at verse 20. And I want you to look at the wording. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass. And he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God 
in his hands. Now, first it was just a rod. After he surrendered it to God, it became the rod of God. That's when the powers, it was in, 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 endowed with power when he gave it to God. Listen, guys, whatever it is you have that you've taken for granted is never going to produce anything for you until you surrender it to God. Hold on to it. It will stay average. Hold on to it. It will stay normal. Hold on to it. It will remain powerless. But when you surrender it, it's the same with you. As long as you don't give yourself to God, you will die average. See, the Bible says they that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. But as long as you don't yield yourself to God, there will never be anything special about you in the eyes of the beholder. You might be a legend in your own mind, but to people that are onlookers, they will never see what God has really placed into you. Remember the Bible says in Colossians, your life is hid with Christ in God. And it takes God to reveal himself to you and through you. Are you listening? To you and through you. What once belonged to Moses had been surrendered to God and it became the rod of God. Now, to show you something even more importantly about this, that same rod that Moses, that now God has empowered because Moses yielded it to him. That same rod was the same one that Moses used when he raised his hands up to part the Red Sea. It was the same one that when he struck the rock, water came from the rock. And the same one God used to defeat his enemies. Do you see how much power this thing uh, be, be, began to have. What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to uh, to shake you. I'm trying to get you to see that you may have something right now that God wants to use, but you don't see the power in it. Now, what's in your hands? that God so desperately wants to use? Is it time? Is it your time? Do you give God your time so he can create witty inventions, so he can speak to you and give you give you the, the keys to another life? Is it your money? Do you decide, I'm going to hold on to all of my money, I'm not giving God any of it because, you know, man can't make it this day in time. He can't make it this day in time Call, you know, a man got the wick. And when he do, it just get hard out here and it's a harder way. What is it? Is it your possessions? Is it something that you 
You want all of them to for the yard sale. You don't want to give it to God. You don't want to give it to someone else. The Bible says when you give to the poor, you lend it unto the Lord and he will repay. You see a holding on to that pleather jacket that you paid $200 for in 1974. And you somehow think $200 is going to come back around again. Or are you going to give somebody a steal at 175 in 2022? Let me tell you something, man. Nobody's coming back for that jacket. You might as well give it to the Lord. Give it to him. He can bring something back out of that. Those shoes, you paid money for them, but they're leaning over now. You look bow-legged because the heels have angled and you want to hold it for goodwill. Listen. Save, save goodwill, the trouble of throwing that stuff out. Don't put that stuff out in a yard sale, a house sale, a flea market. Look, you got to cut your losses somewhere and get rid of some of that. Get rid of that stuff. Are you listening? Don't be a hoarder. <laughs> you know, somehow we think, man, I paid good money for that. And that's the first thing we will allude to. You know, you know how much I paid for that? Shoot, back in 1974, when the gas lines, when things, when people were struggling in the gas, I paid $175 for that. And I can't let it go for no more than $150. You will have that thing when we get raptured. Are you listening? Now, listen here. Is it is it your influence? Do you have influence to change someone else's life? But you won't use that influence for good. You won't use it for the betterment of someone else. You just basically let it lie dormant. You won't speak up. God is trying to get you to speak up. Are you listening? Uh, is it a God-given ability? Maybe you could sing a little bit. Sometimes people think that when they can sing, that they hold the keys. But listen, <clears throat> without the anointing, you can sing. You can sing like Luther. You can sing like Patty LaBelle. Are, are, are you listening to what I'm saying? But if you are not anointed, it won't heal anybody. It won't change anybody. Because it lacks the anointing, which makes the difference. The Bible says in Isaiah that the anointing removes the burden and destroys the yoke. And most of the time when people can sing with just talent alone, most of the time they over sing the song. They do so many riffs that you, your head be swimming when it's over. You know, are <laughs> you look, you listen to what I'm saying? The anointing makes the difference. And whatever it is you possess, give it to God and let God get full access of it. What is it that's in your hand? Now, if you are honest, the thing in your hand probably seems totally inadequate to meet the needs around you. It may be inadequate. And until you give it to God, something that you have become so familiar with, 
you've underestimated it and you've taken it for granted, you will never see the miraculous with it. Now, I hope you are really analyzing what is it that you have. Man, you might be really good with your hand. You, you might be an organizer. You might It might be something that you do really well. You know, I, I can tell you something else. My wife, pe people are drawn to her because for some reason, they can just, they, they just feel comfortable talking to her. You know, that's a God-given ability to have a hearing ear. Are you listening? What is yours? Let's finish this. And see, one thing I want you to remember, we're talking about inanimate objects. We're talking about something that you possess, something that you are used to, something that you have used all of this time. So remember this. Remember that Samson, he slayed hundreds of Philistines with the jawbones of a donkey. Inanimate object. Not something you think he will be able to use but it caused the deliverance of the people of God with something you would have never thought about using. Remember this, David. David slew Goliath with five smooth stones and a slingshot. He had been using those stones all the time. God anointed him. The Bible says that when he slung that smooth stone, it sunk into the forehead of Goliath. Now, if he was about nine feet tall, you know he had a thick forehead. It had to be some heat behind that smooth stone. It probably whistled when David let that thing go. Pop! And sunk in his head. It was some anointing behind that. Otherwise, if he had to threw that thing without the anointing and hit Goliath, then Goliath would have been like, Oh, you made me mad now. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? It was anointed. God wants to use something you already have. Now, let's go to John and let's close. John chapter 6. John chapter 6. You've read this before, but let us continue the theme of what we're saying. God wants to use something that you have. What is in your hand? Let's read. Verse 4. And the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was nigh. The Bible says, and when Jesus lifted up his eyes and he saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, he said, Whence shall we buy bread that these people may eat? And this he said to prove him. See, this is many times God is trying to prove you. And then he said, For he himself knew what he would do. And the Bible says, and Philip answered and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may take a little. And then he went on to say that one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother, uh, uh, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which have five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? They are inadequate. And Jesus said, make the men sit down, faith command. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in the number about 5,000 men. 
And the Bible says, and Jesus took the loaves. See what happens? Trans, uh, transition. It went from their hands, from the boy's hand, being average, being inadequate, being insufficient, into Jesus' hands. And then Jesus blessed it. And the Bible says, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples. And the Bible says, and the disciples uh, to them that were set down. And likewise of the fish as much as they would. And the Bible says, and when they were filled, he said unto the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remain over and above unto them that had eaten. And the Bible says, and then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is of truth, that prophet that should come into the world. Now, here you got to understand, in your possessions, it is always going to be inadequate. It's going to be insufficient. It's never going to be enough. And there is no evidence whatsoever that there will ever be enough. But when you stop fighting God for it, stop fighting God for your gifts. Stop fighting him for your talent. Stop fighting him for your time. Stop fighting him for your money. Stop fighting him for your accessibility where he can use you. See what God, what you're chasing out here. God wants to use you and double time to get past all of that. Stop fighting him for it. Remember the rich young ruler. The Bible says he told him, you might be rich, but I'm here to not only make you rich, but I'm going to put a call on your life right now. He said to the same, the same way he said to the disciples, take up. He said, take up your cross and follow me. And the Bible said he was greedy because he didn't want to let go of what belonged to him. And the Bible says he walked away grieved, but he also walked away empty of his assignment. He walked away empty of the miraculous. He walked away empty of seeing a miracle of God. God will bless, God will bless it because what you need, you already have. You need to get that. I look at our church and I think about it and I say, God, the dreams and the visions and the things that you're giving me. He said, don't worry about those that don't see it. Don't worry about those that don't feel it. You already have what you need. Let me tell you something. What do you think would happen if God calls a faithful person in our church to become a multimillionaire? His church will have no needs. Why? Because they're faithful. What would happen if he gave it to someone that wanted to build themselves? We would never see them anymore until the rapture. You follow what I'm saying? So the truth of the matter is, is God said you already have what you need. And I'm closing with this. I remember I saw the testimony. I was just listening to Michael Todd. And I saw the testimony and he was talking about how uh, when, when God lit them up, he said he had less than 300 people. He said all they had was YouTube. They didn't have any more social media platforms. And he said, and only 50 to 75 people, maybe 100, 
will watch it every week. Just listen to these numbers now. That's all we'll watch it. <clears throat> and one day somebody had a Twitter account and took one of his lessons and showed it a two-minute clip on Twitter, and it went viral. And after that, they bought a $54 million building for $10.5 million with a 194 parking deck. And they paid for it in five months. That's God. He said we were just faithful. We were faithful in what we had. And I got to thinking, God is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Stop struggling about what it looks like. Stop enduring today so you can see tomorrow, so you can get what you want tomorrow. Stop causing today to be what you endure. Be faithful in the moment. Be faithful where you are because God wants to use what you already have. He wants to use you today. Be faithful where you are. So I leave you with that right there. You are going to have to learn how to trust him. He said, all we had was YouTube. That's all. So I'm telling you right now, it encouraged me because I'm telling you, I'm going to continue to be on the grind and be faithful. I'm not going to worry about who comes, who leaves. I'm not going to worry about who does, who doesn't. I'm not going to be concerned about all of that. I'm just going to be faithful in the audience of one and let God do what he has to do because he will exalt his word. So I want to leave you with that right now. I want you to be faithful where you are. Be faithful in an audience of one. Stop taking the easy way out in the path of least resistance and let God be God in your today so he can be miraculous in your tomorrow. Well, praise God. Amen. Whatever you do, whenever you do it, share this message. You share it. You don't know if you're the one. Share this message. Are you listening? subscribe. Subscribe to it so you will know when the next dynamic video drop. And whatever you do, whenever you do it, however you do it, do it using what's in your hands today so you can keep it real tomorrow.